I'm all yours, baby. I'm all yours, baby. I can't lie, no, just slip by my fire. <laughs> It's the holiday party. The sports section, Marshall. Now you've heard of me, Will. The sports section, Marshall. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the sports section morning show, episode 22. 22, we got happy Labor Day, everybody. September 4th, man. We got it. Finally got a day off. We're gonna go through a little stretch here. We get a couple days off. Thanksgiving, you know, for those who got kids, fall break and stuff. Good little time coming up. Good time of the year. Fall time. I mean, football getting started. And that's where we're gonna head right into. Dion, man. Prime. Prime. Dion had his luggage packed. He brought his he brought his Louis. He brought his Louis down to the Dallas Fort Worth area, didn't he? He brought all of it. All of it, every bit of it. And man, he just, it's, it's amazing what he's done down there. Well, I'll say over there, it ain't down there, over there in Boulder since he got the job in December, man. So that would give him, it's August now. So a little over, a little less than nine months that he's had to work with that team, man. He's got 84 or 82 different players, really, really big, you know, just a, just a change, a culture change that he's able to foster. And cultivate down there in Boulder, man. It's just amazing to see. And to do it with the guys that he has, he's brought in some talented guys, man. Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter, that was probably one of the best games I've ever seen played by a football player going both ways. I ain't I ain't old enough to have seen Dion in his prime and such. This is the first time I've seen some shit like that. Somebody play 120-some snaps. Dude ain't tired. He doing it. Looked like he was about to do a cartwheel in the locker room. You know, it's just... I ain't never seen him like that. And to be performing at such a high level like he was, man, it's, it's, you got to put it in perspective. You got to put it in perspective. I think he said after the game, the most he had ever played was 120 or 118 in high school. But it's a different speed, you know, D1 versus high school football. I don't know where he played high school at, but I know it wasn't the, at this caliber speed that he had facing against Saturday against TCU, man. And TCU was ranked number 17. So it ain't no slouch. And, you know, you, you got a bunch of haters that was on that was on Twitter. I saw a bunch of haters on Twitter talking about, oh, well, this is this was around halftime or the third quarter saying, oh, well, I would have thought Dion was up by 40, all the hype. He, they was 21-point dogs. That's what I don't think people understand. Colorado was 21-point underdogs against TCU going to TCU, number 17-ranked team in the nation. And they ain't won number one game last year. And they ain't won a home away game since 2021, I want to say. So 21 point underdogs, you know Dion had that hung up somewhere. Had to. So the haters saying this, saying that, Dion talked to him after the game too. Reporters and all. Everybody, nobody was safe. You know, it reminded me of my boy, my boy A B, Adrian Broner after the game, you know, talking that cash. That's the way Dion was doing. And you know, that's what you gotta do, especially nowadays with the with the young kids coming in and especially young black kids coming in, you know, you got to have some swagger about you now, man. It's just, that's what it is. That's how you're going to get the best culture out of the, out of the team, get the best attitude out of the team and get the best players to your team, man. And, you know, I know Florida state, Florida state beat the shit out of LSU, but I know they, they're looking at Dion like, damn, what could have been? I seen them saying that what could have been with Dion. But from what I understand, it was a bunch of politics out there in Tallahassee that, you know, wasn't, wasn't allowing that to be in place. But, you know, that's that's in the back of their head, man. If he wins more games, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, 
if it happens, motherfuckers didn't think that Dion was going to be, or Colorado wasn't going to be TCU. If they were to get more wins in Florida State, the question's got to be asked. You know, it's got to be asked if he wins shit three quarters of the games that they win with the with the uh, the talent he has and the amount of time that he's had to work with them. It's only been, like I said, less than nine months. Y'all let me know in the comments on uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Y'all let me know what y'all think about Dion and his taking his luggage down to TCU. Shador, his son, emotional moment after the game. He's he's giving an interview to Fox, I'm assuming. Shador, he's Travis Hunter standing next to him. Shador comes up to him, gives him a hug, man. Just a, a good moment. Makes you makes you sort of tear up there. And, you know, he says, This is my son, man. This, this is my son, and this is my other son with Travis Hunter. And, you know, they they really carried them. As long as Colorado has Shador playing that way, if he plays that way all year, one, he's gonna be in the Heisman conversation. You know, the the, the cat threw for 510 yards, four touchdowns. I think it was 38 for 47. Yeah, 38 for 47, 510, and four touchdowns. And he spread the ball around too. Over four receivers with over 115 yards. Four receivers with over 115 yards. I think they had a running back rush for 115. So, you know, it's it was really a clinic, one of offensive play calling on both sides. Dion and them struggled to get a stop. You know, his son Shiloh missed a bunch of tackles. He said as much after the game. But Shallow still let him. He was around the ball though, so you can you can you can fix that. He had ten tackles, but he missed probably about four or five, maybe. You know, but you know that's the thing with Shador and Hunter. If you got both of them clicking, it's gonna be hard for any team to really beat them because you can't really stop. You can't really stop Hunter defensively. You can go away from him, throw away from him, which I don't know why TCU wasn't doing. TCU kept throwing at him up until about the fourth quarter. You know, I don't I don't understand it. I guess they thought he eventually he was going to get tired or they were daring or something, but he had a pick slip through his hands, and he had another pick where he read a weird wheel route real good, covered the slant, and also, which it should have been open. The quarterback made, looked like he made a decent decision. The thing is, you can't throw the, you can't throw the uh, Travis Hunter like that. Hunter's covering the slant, the slant from the Z receiver coming in. I think they got a, a tight end or a running back wheeling out on the uh, headed towards the pylon. Travis Hunter covers both routes. He covered both routes and ended up picking it off. I mean, it's just just amazing. The game he played at corner, I don't see a corner better than him in the nation the way he played against TCU. And I know that's, it's a little early, but I don't give a damn. I see what I see with, with Travis Hunter, and I do not see a corner better than him in, in, in uh, college football. I don't. I don't. And that's him playing... 120-something snaps. These other cats is focusing on corner. You know, Hunters is out there. Let me let me go play receiver. Let me go catch 11 balls. Let me lock up the receiver. Let me lock up the receiver on the other side of the ball. I'm doing all this and, and still the best player on the field. Still the best player on the field. TCU coach at the end of the at the end of the game said they pride themselves on conditioning, but they're looking at him. He ain't even tired. You know, it just puts things into perspective. But you really can't look at Hunter and compare it to your guys because he's different. He's just different. I don't know how long. I mean, if you any if you was any good football player, you played both ways growing up. But that that sort of got tapered back in high school, and it got eliminated in college. But this guy, he's performing and running around like he's on a on a high school football field, playing playing both ways, dominating. You know, it's just it is something we ain't seen in a long time. And it's something people got to appreciate, man. 
you know, I, you can understand why Saban was pissed that Hunter that Hunter left and went to the HBCU Jackson State. You, you know, you can see why everybody was pissed that that a talent like that and even Shador went to Jackson State at the HBCU. You know, they don't want to see one. They don't. They think the HBCUs. They think down about the HBCUs, Jackson State, Tennessee State, who Eddie George, who they was competing over the weekend, early part of the game. They just they don't see. They act like you know it's, they can't have you know that caliber of talent. It's like an entitlement, you know. But it's deeper than college football anyway. But you know, Dion said as much after the game, talking about you. You mean Shador, Shador Sanders, and Travis Hunter, the one that was playing Jackson State last year, HBCUs. One y'all said y'all said it wouldn't translate. No man, talent is talent. No matter where you play, you could be playing on the damn. You be playing on a on a uh, a corn a cut down cornfield in Mississippi. If you talented, you talented, and you gonna perform. It don't matter. It's like the baseball players in DR. They're not playing at at uh you know amazing facilities like we got here. They're not playing at these amazing high schools. Talent is talent. You are gonna find talent, and when you find talent, you put talent in position to succeed. It's gonna succeed as long as they got the right attitude. And it looks like. And looking at all, the, I looked at the documentary, not the documentary, but, you know, the little vlog that his, uh, I think it was his son, put together on WellThink, WellThink Media on YouTube or something. They got the right attitude out there in Colorado. You know, they got, look like they got a hell of a coaching staff. Them boys is ready. They was ready before the game. They was ready during game. And after the game, they was ready for the next game. You know, that's the, that's the mindset they got up there in Boulder, man. And they got a fan out of me, man. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Of course, I ain't finna, you know, put down the Tennessee flag or nothing, but I'm watching every game of Colorado I can. They just got that that it factor about them this year. And it's more than Dion. You know, Dion's a big part of it, of course. Prime's a big coach Prime's a big part of that, of course. But they got some talent. You know, you want to see Shador. You want to see Travis Hunter, guy going both ways, snapping. Best player on the field. You want to see that. And excuse me, they got that on, they got that on, on display. They got them on display. Let me look to see if pull up a stat. Yeah, that 24 consecutive losses as an underdog, 20 point, 21 points or more. Force, first road win, road game win since 2021. Let me see. They were down two and a half quarters. Hunter had 119 on 11 catches. Edwards, 135 on five catches with three touchdowns. And uh, Shallow had 10 tackles. So, you know, just... Just an amazing performance by Colorado, and I think they have. Who do they have up next? Nebraska on Saturday at 11 a.m. Must watch TV, man. Must see TV. Must see TV against Nebraska at Boulder. And I don't know Boulder's gonna be rocking, man. I know there ain't every hotel, every hotel room in the within damn 25 miles of Boulder is probably booked. Stadium, I guarantee, is already it's been sold out since Dion got hired. But the the prices just shot up through the roof. And, you know, I'm ready to see a game day at Colorado. I don't give a damn if I'm jumping a gun or not. I'm ready to see I'm ready to see a game day at Colorado in Boulder. I want to see it. They got the juice down there. They got the juice. They got the juice. Speaking of the juice, man, UT Vols drubbed Virginia 49-13. They had a bit of a slow start in the first quarter. It was only up by seven. You know, I just attribute that to just the first game. You know, it's hard to hard to get in a rhythm in the first game. You ain't been in that environment. You've just been going against your teammates. It ain't like NFL where you didn't have preseason games. So they just scrimmage each other. But, you know, it, Milton, he he started off a little slow. He ended up pretty decent, though. He ended up 21-30 for, I think, 209 and two touchdowns. Or 201 for two touchdowns. And, you know, you can see the potential there. He's got a cannon of an arm. 
initially in the first quarter, it looks like they were just trying to, you know, play it conservatively, just ease him into the game with, you know, short, short, easy check down, short passes. Conventionally, that's what you do with a quarterback. You know, that's what you do conventionally with a quarterback. But Milton, man, he's different. You got to air. I'd say air that some bitch out from the go with Milton. He's ready to he's ready to go. You know, that's the that's the thing with him is, you know, they tried to work him into the game, but it sort of it sort of hindered him against Virginia. And maybe that's just the first game jitters, like I said, like I said earlier. But I could see him mentally being the type of quarterback that's ready to go no matter what. You don't have to ease him into no game. He's up for it. He's already up for it. So, you know, that that's just something I saw. Another thing I noticed with the Tennessee game, and we was flipping back and forth between the Tennessee and Colorado game because Tennessee was beating their ass. But that Tennessee defense looks like it's going to be a problem this year, man. The pass rush looked great. The DBs look very, very, very improved from last year. I'm excited to see where this Tennessee defense goes and how far it can take Tennessee. Of course, the offense is going to run the show. The offense is going to drive. But that Tennessee defense has the ability to put the brakes on the uh, Tennessee football. You know, that, that's just what it is. You know, if, if, they can, if they can get it going and play aggressive, play fast like they did against Virginia every single game, shit, ain't going to be no breaks. It's going to be all gas. You know, and that's what, that's what Tennessee has become this last year or so under Heupel is all gas, no breaks. And if Tennessee's defense can continue to play the way they played, that's the way it's going to be. And it's, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. We're going to see how far Tennessee can go. Y'all let me know in the comments what y'all think. Tennessee fans, I know we're at odds a little bit with Titans fans. Is that just people arguing? That's that's what you know. That's what comes out of uh, this this engagement frenzy on Twitter. Is you know these people? It's 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 catalyzed more silly conversation, and people you think that wouldn't comment on this silly conversation is jumping into the silly conversation just to get these clicks, and it's become it's. That's that's been a bop. He's done a lot. Of, you know, Elon's done, done a, quite a few good things with, with Twitter. But that's one thing that, you know, it's good that people are getting paid on Twitter. But a byproduct of that is. Overall, it's just got dumber on there, man. It's just got dumber. People are just trying to put that two cents in that stuff that don't even need two cents in. Sometimes look here. Sometimes people say shit and this is growing up all the way forever. People crave attention. Sometimes people say shit for attention. And sometimes you don't entertain the shit that they say for attention. But when you entertain it, that, I hate using the word gaslights, but that fuels that dumb shit. And now now we got a whole snowball of just dumb shit rolling up and down the timeline like we had yesterday where people was commenting on something that was stupid. That's something that didn't even need to be commented on. That didn't even, I mean, yeah, the guy said it. Let me see the, the tweet. It was Charlie Burris. I think he's on the uh, Vol podcast. Which, as a Tennessee, as a Tennessee Vols fan, if you're not a Titans fan, you're entitled to feel this way, and I can see why you would you would feel this way. Because Titans fans, you know, one, it's just one. You can't compare. You can't compare professional football to NFL football. You can't compare college football to NFL football. It's a completely different atmosphere. Completely different crowd demographic of crowds. And completely different, uh, you know, targeting that each respective, you know, broadcasters and leagues do. The NFL is targeting, you know, the 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 press box, not the press box, but the the luxury box people, uh, the people that are, 
that are willing to pay three, four hundred dollars a ticket every game. You know, the upper class people, that's what the NFL has become. It's not like soccer in Europe or college football where and college football is getting up there, too. Now, so better watch out college football. But they're not targeting the, the diehard average fan anymore. It's that's they've got them already. They're hooked. The NFL is trying to get in these upper echelon celebrity ish, uh, you know, fans that have a bit more money and they're targeting that audience. Now, they're not targeting average fans like you and I. They're not. They don't care about us anymore. We're already hooked. They know we're, we're going to watch NFL forever. You know, that's just, that's just the way it is. They know they got us hooked. They're trying to target another another group now. College football, on the other hand, is still in that mold and era of you know, catering to the average fan and the fan experience and such like that. NFL don't give a damn about the fan experience. They don't care. You know, they care about that money. They care about the product on the field and they care that it's broadcasted well and that they can upload, you know, uh, TikToks and reels and shit and bust that bust it down to where they just make so much money on the content. That's where the NFL is at now. And they want celebrities that they can cut to during the game. College football is not like that. They're still if you and all you got to do is pay attention to the actual broadcasting of the game. You'll see what direction they're wanting to go to and what what crowd they're catering their their uh, their product to. NFL, they don't pan to the stands as much as any other. I think out of all the sports, the NFL pans to the stands. This is just a gut feeling of mine, to be honest. And but I, I see it. And if and if y'all if y'all if I'm completely off base, y'all let me know. But y'all pay attention to NFL games while you're watching them. How much do NFL games pan to the crowd? to to the stands to put them on the on the broadcast and have them you know as a focal point of the shot they don't do that anymore it used to be a lot more now if they cut off cut off the on-field product they're cutting to some stats or they're cutting to another game they're cutting to another studio in new york where they're showing you highlights they don't cut to the stands anymore unless it's a touchdown which they have to because the players are running to the because the players are running to the stands that's the only time they cut to the stands. You know, they just don't do it. On the other hand, college football, every chance they get, they're running and cutting to the stands, showing the, showing the crowd. You know, the commentators are always commentating on the atmosphere. NFL, they don't really do that. I mean, they, they do for certain, certain, certain teams, like, you know, the Chiefs, where they just got rocking, you know, the Chiefs. Um, you, that's... Off the top of my head, that's really Seattle's one of them, but it's not it's not many compared to college football. College football during the broadcast, they are cutting to the fans a lot more than anything else. Got think baseball, even basketball doesn't cut to the fans as much. But you can't compare. I say all that to say that this is a dumbass tweet, is what I'm saying. But it's dumb that it was said. But what the reaction to it was even dumber, you know. Charlie Burris, I don't know if he's a Titans fan or not. I know he's a Vols fan. He has a Vols podcast or whatever. He said, if the Titans would even take the small... It's a video of them running out through the power T, you know, a really big moment for Tennessee fans for every game. He said, it would take even the smallest effort to pander... If the Titans took even the smallest effort to pander to Tennessee fans, they could get more of this. Instead, they prefer to spin our faces. All right, the last sentence was a little excessive. But that was that's part of the, the Elon shit that I was talking about of engaging. You know, that... That's gonna get people to click on the tweet. That's gonna get you that's gonna get you some clicks and that's gonna get you to where like he is. I think he's at like a quarter million engagements. That's that's the state of the times we're in. You know, he could have said that whole spiel 
And that without that last sentence, it would have been just as valid as it is to me. It would have been just as valid as it is now. That last part is just engagement. You can really ask that shit out. But people want to nitpick on certain shit and run with it. And that's exactly what they did with that last sentence. But if you're a Tennessee fan and you're not a Titans fan, this is a very viable point, especially when you look at Titans games on the Titans don't have the most electric uh, on on, you know, in field in stadium atmosphere. You know, if you go for the bigger games, yeah, they're they're a lot better. And that's a really, really good atmosphere. But it ain't it don't hold a candle to Tennessee. For one, Tennessee has one hundred two thousand five hundred you know, person stadium. This some bitch is rocking. It's rocking. You only hold sixty three or something in Nissan. So that's another thing. But two, you know, Nashville is a is a destination city on a lot of NFL schedules. So you're going to get a lot of away fans into these into these games. It's just like the LA the LA stadiums and the LA teams and the Vegas teams. That's a destiny. When people when opposing teams see that game on their schedule, they're running to they're booking flights as soon as possible. You know, they want to go to that game. It's a good city. It's going to be a good weekend. That's just what Nashville has is a blessing and a curse. But, you know, Knoxville, I'm not saying that Knoxville's not a destination. It's a destination stadium, but it's two different crowds as you see. You know, you got people that are driving up from LSU or flying up from Alabama that are going. They're going for the actual game. More than more so the game than the city. If you've got fans that are coming to Titans games, a lot of times they're coming for the city more often than the game. And this is exclusive of, you know, a lot of 80, 90 percent of Titans fans, you know, because most Titans fans are local are going to the games and such. But a lot of the stadium and this, the ticket situation is. You have away fans that are there that are paying whatever just because they're in the city for that weekend because it's such a good city. So by design, naturally, the stadium atmosphere is not going to be as good as, as other stadiums. That's just the way it is. And you can tell at the big games, it's, it's rocking. You know, the playoff games, the Bengals game off the top of my head, that playoff game, then that was rocking. You know, it's just the big games Titans fans come out for, but they just they don't put up with that bullshit either. So that's that's the thing. But, you know, the the, the problem is all these people feel like they got to comment on dumb shit that said and this shit wasn't even that dumb. They just nitpicked the last sentence and, you know, they went on people wasted all day yesterday talking about this bullshit when they could have been talking about the game or something like that. But it's engagement. It's. You know, it's it's the off season still. You got one more week. People just want to talk about shit and, you know, foster conversation, which is perfectly fine. But, you know, I, I just I can't stand seeing no bullshit like that, man. That shit pisses me off. I just had to comment on it. But I'm doing the same thing that they're doing. I'm just doing it on the video so they can look at me and they say, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot. He went and got on a whole video to talk about this. I just t- sent some tweets. Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's like I said, it's engagement. It is what it is. That's the times we're in, man. It's just. It's nasty times, man. I don't. It's just, it's just nasty times, man. All right, we're gonna finish this off. Finish this off. Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions prediction. Thursday football is back, baby. Detroit. I think they're playing in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Let me make, let me confirm that before I make my prediction. It. I mean, it ain't gonna change who's winning, but it'll change the points. You know what I mean? Let me see. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my God. Detroit's going to Kansas City. Oh, man. All right. So, you know, I know Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be without Chris Jones. He ain't signed his contract yet. He's doing what he's supposed to do. 
That's what these running backs are supposed to do. Hold out, put your bread aside, and make them, you know, pay you on the back end for that. You know, it, that's even more guarantees you got to give me. If if you know you're gonna produce you come back, that's what you do. This is what running backs need to do. Take notes, running backs. Don't don't be like Jonathan Taylor when you're actually injured, fabricating the injury. You don't do that shit. Be like Chris Jones, be healthy, be ready, raring to go. Do your thing on Twitter. I think he's he said on Twitter he's he's itching to play football. Keep the engagement up. Keep the, the spotlight on you while you're holding out. You want the spotlight always to be on you. That forces that forces a team's hand. It forces the national media to talk about you. It forces get you fresh on your fans' minds. Chris Jones is laying the blueprint for this, and he's going to get paid. Watch. He's going to get paid. But he's not going to be available this Thursday for Detroit or for Kansas City against Detroit. Uh, you know, it seems like everybody else is going to be back for Kansas City. Kadarius Tony's going to be good to go. Let Andy Reid tell it. I, I need that for my fantasy team, fantasy purposes. Um, and I think Detroit's relatively healthy. So it's going to be a good game against two dynamic offenses. And let me pull up the, the betting line on it because I bet you the over under is uh, it should be at least around 45 at least. Let me see. I'd imagine it'd be 45, but it's once again, it's the first game of the. Oh, it's at 54. God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Chiefs are six and a half point favorites over under 54 and a half. Um. You know, I I think the Chiefs will cover that. I think they'll beat them by 10, to be honest. I think the score will probably be 30. Let's say 30. 33-23. That's what I'm saying. Or maybe, maybe 33-27. 33 is a weird score, though. I don't I don't like that. And 24. 34-27. 34-27 is what I'm saying. They'll cover that six and a half. They'll beat them by touchdown. It'll be a high scoring game. It's gonna be it's gonna hit the over. So if you got some money, put it on the over and uh put it on that 34, yeah, that 34 27 to cash over. Put it on the over and put it on the Chiefs covering, because they cover at Kansas City too. I think Mahomes is gonna do his thing. Of course, it's Mahomes, he's on the prime time. He's he don't there ain't many times on prime time he don't do his thing. There ain't many games, period, where he don't do his thing. But prime time, he he's damn near like Coach Prime. He performing. He's performing. But I think Kansas City's going to take it. I think Mahomes is going to do his thing. Big game out of Kelsey. That's that's about his, you know, the receiving core is still a little wank. But I'd like to see Tony do his thing, too. I got him on Fantasy League. I think Jameer Gibbs should have a pretty good game. without With the absence of Chris Jones, Detroit should be able to, to get a decent push running the ball tomorrow or Thursday, honestly. You know, Chris Jones is a really big cog in that Kansas City defense stopping the run. Allows him to put a bunch of DBs in the game. And Chris Jones sort of soak up all that pressure and, and just facilitate to really control the run game from that from that D tackle spot. Very important for Kansas City defense. And, you know, that could be a reason why Kansas City loses. And that will play right into Chris Jones's hands. That's the thing with these players. I got to understand, man, all the, the NFL is a crazy league. All it takes is a, little, a loss or two. And shit, that money finna come out. You know what I mean? They're going to pay it. They don't give a damn. So, you know, that's that's something Chris Jones has playing in his favor. I don't think they'll lose against Detroit, but the, it's there for Detroit to beat them, especially through the ground game with the absence of Chris Jones and the running backs they got in, in Detroit. I think they got Jameer Gibbs. I know they got Jameer Gibbs and the other running back. I forget who it, I forget who it is. 
Who was that other running back in Detroit? Y'all let me in the comments who that other running back in Detroit. I forget, I'm just worried about Gibbs. I need Gibbs doing this thing. I got Gibbs on fantasy. I think Gibbs would do, do well. Gibbs, Pacheco, Kelsey. I think they'll have decent games. Kelsey probably have a really big game with Mahomes. But we'll see, man. It'll be Thursday. I'm predicting 34-27 Chiefs. Y'all let me know in the comments what y'all think. Y'all let me know on uh, in the replies on Twitter. What do y'all think the prediction? Who do y'all think will win between Kansas City and Detroit? What's the score? And do y'all think that over-under at 54.5 will cash? Y'all let me know in the comments. But yeah, that'll, that'll be it, man. Y'all make sure y'all follow on all our socials at TFTV Sports. And on Instagram, tftv.sports. If you're still sticking around on YouTube, make sure you press that subscribe button. It's the best way to support us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Like the video. And we out of here, man. Appreciate y'all. X and One Show will be out tomorrow. Yeah, X and One Show will be out tomorrow. And we'll be doing a watch along this Sunday for the Titans and Saints game. So make sure y'all tap in with that. Give us a subscribe on YouTube, Twitch. And appreciate y'all, man. Y'all take it easy.